Hey, She Slays listeners. Before we get into the episode, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors, the Focus Academy. So you know chiropractic can help kids, but you lack confidence in your knowledge or communication skills to educate parents in your community. I've got a solution for you. The Focus Academy gives you the training and education to understand the why behind those wins and challenges you're seeing in clinic. They teach you how to perform a full brain-based exam, how to go beyond just the subluxation, but stay principled in your chiropractic approach and address and understand the consequences on brain development. They take a two-pronged approach. First, clinical solutions taught in a way that gives you full access to a deeper and more comprehensive understanding and breaks those techniques and approaches down into digestible and practical steps. Second, right now strategies you can employ wherever you are in your training. You'll learn how to seamlessly ask and answer the big questions in your clinical exams and re-exams and have it actually inform the whole child approach and care planning in a way your patients will understand. And since you're a She Slays listener, you'll get free access to the Focus Academy's Kickstart program. Just click the link in the show notes to get started on your journey to improving your practice. Welcome, everyone, to She Slays the Day podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Lauren Brunswick, and I'm super glad you're joining me today. Um, So today's topic is exciting little follow-up from last week's. Um, Anytime we talk about money, you guys get really excited. Um, So last week, we had on a student loan expert and talking about student loans and how to pay them back. And I thought it would be a really good idea to have um, almost like a real life example of a, she's not a chiropractic student anymore. She um, graduated last year and she'll kind of tell you her story, but it's a little bit about her experience and I was gonna say adventure, but sure, we'll make it dramatic. Adventure um, through learning how to budget. And I know, I know budgeting, it doesn't sound sexy, Um, but you guys get really excited when we talk about student loans and paying them back. And I just think it's only responsible to also have this budgeting episode aspect, um, from someone who's been in your shoes, whether you are newly graduated or you're a student and about to be graduated, um, or you've been in practice for a couple of years, um, you know, If we're all chiropractors listening, there's probably some not. Um, But a lot of times if you're a graduate student, they don't teach us a lot of budgeting. And when you talk to people with finance degrees, it's kind of like, whoa, I have no idea what you just said. You know, or maybe that's just my experience. And then I just shake my head. I'm like, oh, totally. I get it. Um, So, yeah. So today is going to be exciting. Um, You know, I speaking of budgeting, my dad is in town from California and we just went on my lunch hour to Aldi, which is like my favorite grocery store. For those of you who are not familiar with Aldi, you might be familiar with their better known, more popular sister, um, Trader Joe's. So Rice Lake, Wisconsin isn't blessed to have a Trader Joe's or a Target or even really a nice grocery store. But we do have an Aldi, which has a lot of the same brands. And for like years, Kirby would do, okay, maybe not years, months when uh, Kirby kind of took over grocery shopping. He would go to the normal grocery store in town and I would just like yell at him because I'd be like, you are spending so much more money. You need to go to Aldi. And so I just got the blessing of sharing (laughs) this small town budget grocery store that I'm have an odd obsession with, with my dad. And he was like, why are you so obsessed with this store? It's like, I don't know. It saves money. And, and they have like great advent calendar stuff right now. 
I'm waiting for their advent calendar cheese plate to come out. It's a cool place. And they've got this entire aisle with random stuff. And I always save it for the end. This is not a good budgeting tip. If I was going to give a budgeting tip for this episode, I would say skip this aisle. But if you're not in budgeting mode, this aisle is where you go down just really slowly looking for all the stuff. None of the stuff in this aisle is what you came to this store for. It is truly just like random shit. Uh, The other place, just since we're on this tangent, that Kirby gives me a hard time about being obsessed with is Quick Trips. Okay. If you have ever driven through Wisconsin and you've never stopped at a Quick Trip, you're missing out. Um, It is the best gas station. Dare I even call it a gas station? You can get gas there, but you can get so many other things there. Um, All of my Wisconsin Kairos right now are just going like, yes, and amen as they're listening. So if you ever are driving through Wisconsin and you see a quick trip, oh, oh, I should clarify. This is quick, spelled K-W-I-K trip, okay? None of those like off brands that are like Q-U-I-K or anything like that. They're not as good. Quick trip, it's the bomb. And yes, Wisconsinites have a weird obsession with them as well. Okay, so we're going to digress from that little weird tangent. Um, It is time for a listener highlight. You guys, this was the 100th review. I had to harass you a little bit to get this. I don't know why. Um, But there are about 900 of you that listen to these episodes that have yet to write a review. It's okay. I still love you keep listening. Um, But I do really appreciate when you say nice things or mean things. I mean, I don't appreciate the mean things as much as I appreciate the nice things. But I'm saying you can write an honest review. So this was number 100. And luckily, it's five star. That would have been awkward if we said like, we're going to read the 100th of you next time. And it was like, meh, leave it or take it. Take it or leave it. That's what it is. Okay, so this is, says, is it weird to say I feel like Dr. Lauren is my Cairo opposite side of the country, but never officially met best friend? No, it's not weird. Um, Every weekly episode topic, without a doubt, always seems to line up with something I've thought about, talked about, or needed clarity on the week before its release. And She Slays always leaves me in a positive and quirky mood after each Sunday night. Listen, after answering my subconscious inquiry, this podcast could not have come at a better time in my chiropractic student career with all the advice and answers to frequently asked questions the She Slays has to offer. Seriously, these topics are the major topics that tend to haunt senior chiropractic interns. 12 out of 10 recommend to anyone inside and outside the chiropractic profession. Guarantee you will find something to vibe with. Uh, Triple flame emoji XOXO. And that is the amazing The Spine Lady. Um, I gave her a shout out on our Instagram too. She is, she's, um, (laughs) I agree, Spine Lady. Um, She is one of the creators of the Her Story event. They had it for the first annual last year. Second annual is getting rescheduled because COVID. But if you're not following her, go do it because she is ambitious as F. Holy cow. She makes me seem just kind of melodramatic. Um, But yeah, go follow her. And thank you for that awesome review. Okay, so today's guest um, is another person you should totally go follow. You probably know her. She is somebody I've talked to about kind of from the beginning as far as um, a she slay shavings, um, which we haven't really done in a long time. Again, COVID, I don't know. Uh, so her name is Dr. Sandy Arthur, and she's a chiropractor and artist. And she started her print company, Sandy Spines, in 2017 during her first year of chiropractic school, because I guess she was 
bored? I don't know. She makes anatomy-based prints and stickers that are great for your clinics or your home. They're these gorgeous watercolors. Uh, she graduated from Palmer in 2019 and is now working at Elite Health Solutions in South Carolina. Um, go check out her Sandy Spines Etsy store. You will save 10% by using promo code SHESLAYS on your entire order, just saying. And if she has stickers in stock, she'll send you a free sticker as well. So she is my guest today, and I'm really excited to hear, you know, or share with you guys just her story with not knowing anything on budgeting and kind of the things that she started to learn, how she went about it, and how she is incorporating it into her life with these massive loans. And I was about to say itty bitty budget because we just watched Aladdin, but that's, <laughs> I don't know what her, her budget is, whatever. You know, she's not, you know, who's... I'm just going to back off this tangent right now, too. Anyways, she's going to talk about budgeting. Before we go into that, though, we're going to pray. Dear God, thank you so much for, again, bringing us all together. Um, thanks for conversations like these that shed light on real people and the real struggles that we as chiropractors and professionals experience, um, you know, kind of being spit out into the world and feeling like we should know it all and have it all together. And thank you for brave stories like this that stand up and go, I didn't know what I was doing and that's okay. And I let go of that shame and an ego and I pursued more knowledge to become better um, as that is how we know you want us to show up, shedding that shame and ego and how much it keeps us from just continuing to learn, help everyone, um, especially non-students, continue to learn, continue to become better, um, and to stop at that phrase of, I'm not a business owner, I'm, or I'm not a business person, I'm not a finance person, and just be willing to ask uncomfortable questions to the right people and dive in. In your name we pray, amen. Okay, guys, so this is Sandy Arthur and um, our little conversation on finance and budgeting. Enjoy. All right, She Slayers, I am so excited for today's conversation uh, with my friend, Sandy Arthur. Hey. Hey. <laughs> um, Instagram friends are funny. They're, they're very funny because although you and I have never, ever met, um, I really just feel like I know you. Yeah. I mean, that's what I love about social media is just meeting people through the internet and you get to have these connections and we've never met and we, we may meet one day in this weird world, but I would be like, I already feel like I know you. Yeah. I your podcast all the time. What I wonder is if I would be more awkward in person with you than I was when we first got on the zoom call. So, okay. <laughs> Danny was sharing with me before I pressed record this app for meeting friends, Bumble BFF. Yes. And as she was describing it, I was like, my armpits are sweating. And I'm just like, you just show up and have to like meet nine strangers. Oh my God. It sounds like my worst nightmare. I'm actually very introverted. It's like, I'm introverted too, but it's like dating, but for friends and you kind of just decide whether or not you want to do it. And for me, I've just been a really great way of meeting people in a new town where I don't know anyone so during a pandemic also <laughs> uh, yeah yeah so I always wonder if like social media is helping our ability to connect with friends or if it's just like weird 
you know, it's probably the answer is always that social media is ruining our yes our our society so it's probably not helping but yeah I I think it's kind of it's been interesting I was just talking to um Park Avenue Prince about this earlier I was like I feel so wait a minute you guys talk to each other yeah (laughs) I thought you guys would be like rivals I've always Oh, I love Erica. She's so sweet. Oh my gosh. No, I will we'll literally message each other back and forth about like either ideas or I'll like send something to her or I'll be I'll send her a screenshot of an email and be like, how do I handle this? And she's like, okay, this is literally word for word what you say to them, you know? And I'm like, okay, thank you. And she'll- That makes me so happy that yeah. you guys, women are awesome. If yeah. you guys were both guys, that would not happen. I don't think that would happen. She is so sweet. And we like started our, she started her business a little bit before I did. And, um, then when we kind of like, I I don't even remember how it started. I like just started talking to her or whatnot, but our styles are very different, but we kind of are in that same market. Mm -hmm. And that's why I love what we do because both of us can kind of like delve into it together. And we're both chiropractors and on like the younger side. So no one really understands what we do outside of like us. So <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. There, there's I, no mindset. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I always say that the reason I really like podcasts is because you don't have to decide over like someone else. like I can talk about other podcasts and really promote them. And it doesn't uh, bring up competitiveness in me. Because I tend to be a little competitive. You've got to be competitive. I'm competitive. No, I am. I so hold sure. on. Hold on. <laughs> I'm sure I am. No, no, I am. I, I know am. you well enough because we're Instagram <laughs> friends that I know you're competitive. So, okay. Well, that's cool. That's really awesome. Um, that's not what you're here to talk about, though. <laughs> okay. So, give us, like, you started your business this year. So I graduated from Palmer College of Chiropractic in December. I got hired as an associate officially in like February of 2020. Oh. February 17th was my first day. Let me just put that oh in <laughs> um, And I am, you know, brand new doc, all that stuff. You got your marketing plan. I'm like, I'm going to take over your social media. I'm going to do all this. And then, oh, by the way, I have this side business that I started three years ago in chiropractic school. So I'm like thinking, yeah, this year is going to be great. I'm going to be on top of my loans. Everything's good. I'm going to buy a new car. And then March 15th rolls around. And I vividly remember I was coming back from my girls weekend. And I was listening to a book called The Latte Factor by David Bach, who Rachel Hollis actually got me onto course. And, um, I was like, you know, I really need to look more into my finances. And then it was like March 16th (laughs) (laughs) and the world just collapsed. And, um, I realized that my spending habits and my paycheck from work and the money that I was getting from my art business was actually not going to be enough to sustain me, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you want to talk about like associate pay, um, but mine's on the lower end. (laughs) Well, I mean, there some, my associates are all salary Mm -hmm. because that's what they wanted. Mm -hmm. Um, And then there are some like, I would hire another person tomorrow if they're like, I will take like $10,000 and like 60% of what I just be like, deal. Yeah. Deal. So 
you're on one of those ends. <laughs> yeah, I'm on a lower end, which is fine. My bonus structure is better. It's 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 easier to make bonus. But um, as the pandemic continued, suddenly bonus was a, a farther away goal. It was a laughable um, thing. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely interesting. Um, hence why I had to learn how to use rogue marketing. But um, going through all this, I had to kind of evaluate. I'm like, okay, what am I spending my money on? Like, what am I, you know, not doing right? And Throughout my life, I've always been taught about budgeting. Um, and when I got <laughs> into chiropractic school, I had been a basic failure in budgeting. I did. I was afraid to check my bank account. I didn't want to check my bank account. I was like, eh, it's fine. I'll deal with it later. Until I got that first government paycheck, right? Oh, baby. Get that. Yeah, payday. <laughs> We'd always make the joke in school. It's like, you know, that first week of the quarter, you get your paycheck, boom, done, beers, everyone's going out and partying. And then the last, like, week 11, finals week, you're eating ramen in your apartment <laughs> studying for finals. <laughs> in my case, but um, well, I was more in your boat as well because I legitimately remember where there was one trimester where I hadn't spent much money. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. And um, I got close to the end and I had like $1,500 left. So what did I do? I literally talked to other friends and was like, do you guys want to go to Vegas for the weekend? Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I, I have to, like in my mind, I was like, oh shoot, I get another check in two weeks. I better spend this. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't gamble it. Just, you know, yeah, drink it away. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was interesting going through school because I would always, so I kind of developed a, a, a strategy um, of I'd release new collections of artwork, um, the Wednesday of the first week of the quarter. Sorry guys. Um, <laughs> and everyone knew what I was doing. They're like, yeah, I'm like, you're going to spend it on beer anyway. Why don't you just give it to me? Like, I, <laughs> I know you got your money. Yeah. So it was, I kind of got into that habit, but a lot of my classmates, when I started getting busier with the artwork, they were like, oh, Sandy's like rolling in the dough. There was all these like commentary about how much money I was making. And when you looked at my bank account, there was like cobwebs. Yeah. And so I kind of had to go, wait, what am I spending my money on? Like, it, it's not just money, things I spend money on, but also how much money is it costing me to make all of the products? And then how much am I actually earning? You know, mm -hmm. it's like, is this $35 print costing me $30 to make? <laughs> hmm, the math on that doesn't really add up. <laughs> so it, when you kind of looked at it, it was like, okay, I got to figure this out. And then getting into, I, I keep saying this to anyone who talks to me about budgeting, which I think budgeting is awesome. And I get very excited about it now. Um, everyone kind of like looks at me like I'm crazy, but <laughs> the best thing about COVID has been me budgeting. I did okay. not do it at so all. You weren't budgeting prior to COVID. Nope. nope. Okay. And I had been listening to the Latte Factor, and I was uh, watching some videos on YouTube by Matt Diavella, who's like big into minimalism. Okay. And he has a couple financial videos, which I love. He's very aesthetically pleasing. I love it. Um, He's and hot. yes, he is actually hot. <laughs> and like a cute, like you know, nerdy videographer guy. Um, but he talked a lot about mint.com. Okay. I 
had used prior, but it was too confusing. I was like, I don't need to do this. Mm-hmm. I logged in once and I, I asked Kirby, I was like, I've heard of this thing called Mint. And he's like, mm-hmm. yes, we have an account. And I'm like, what's our login? And he's like, why? And I'm like, just give it to me. <laughs> I have had so many arguments with Kirby where I was like, this is just very typical of masculine energy trying to keep women in the dark from knowing finances. And he's like, okay, here's our login. And I'm like, what the fuck does any of this mean? And he's like, do you want to know? I'm like, no, no. Okay. So anyways, you got mint. That's exactly where I was because I was like, I, this is too complicated. Like the, the checking, everything would come in and I would just be like, I don't know where this goes. And like, why is this budget out of order? And da, 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 da. It's not a perfect app. It's not a perfect website, but it's so helpful for getting like kind of an overview of what you're spending all your money on. Because you put in, I have my checking, my savings, my two credit cards, like I have an Amex and a Capital One, and then my loans, and even my car and my investments. So I have all these right there for me. So it's, it's really nice to see all like put out but um, I had to go back in and kind of simplify it for myself. So for me, like all of my printing costs for my artwork goes under one category and I have to put it in there. Okay. And that kind of is a flexible budget, right? But it was so helpful because I was able to track my income coming in and go, all right, what am I spending my money on? For me, I spend most of my money on rent and food. <laughs> That's just how it is. Yep. Uh, but I don't go out as much. So I kind of make my, you know, bar restaurant budget smaller. So kind of making a baseline, like I don't, I'm not super strict with it. Like if one, if one month I want to spend $90 in a coffee shop, I do. Okay. I just, you know, make up for it in another area. So it's all kind of relative and I'm not like super strict on it. I know there are people out there that are like, you've got to stick to the budget. If you can't hit that budget, you're eating peanut butter and jelly for the rest of the month. Like, (laughs) I'm like, that's not sexy. <laughs> I don't like that. But just like getting out and doing something and like having some sort of parameters is really important, especially in chiropractic school, because you're out there and you're like, yeah, I can go on Amazon and spend $150 on that hammock. That sounds great that you're not going to use. I will study in the hammock. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to study or, you know, in, or you have to really realize what do you want to put your money towards. So if you do want to take a vacation to Vegas, you know, budget out appropriately over like three quarters and or three trimesters, and then you have that money, right? Like that's, that's there because you deserve to take a break. And I don't know about you, but I haven't had a vacation since I started working. So I'm looking forward to having that time to set aside, but I miss those like two weeks that you could go on vacation. Mm -hmm. So it's a good idea to take that time because once you get into work, you might not have that option as an associate or even as a business owner because it's crazy, especially right now. (laughs) Well, you couldn't fly anywhere if you wanted to. And um, (laughs) so you didn't start budgeting until you were out and you needed to. COVID like forced you like, uh, because I've definitely been there. I am my worst spending when... I know I'm doing really well. Um, So like I was doing really good with just online shopping until my second associate moved away. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden I was working full time and in my head, I was just like, 
okay, so we went from three docs down to two docs. So in my head, I have an extra X number of dollars. And all of a sudden, I'm just spending money left and right. And then Kirby's just like, okay, you were fine, but like you need to reel it in. And I've just never, yeah, that's my budgeting is just a binge purge situation where it's like, I will spend nothing and I will spend everything. So, so what did you do then? So you, you, sorry, the question here is, so what would you have done differently back when you had all this money coming in? I would have really, cause a lot of people have talked about spreadsheets. I hate spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. I can't deal with it. I don't know how to work. Excel and me just are not friendly. And some people are like, well, I just look at my bank account. But it gets confusing, right? Because sometimes you have, maybe let's say you use PayPal to order things. Well, I don't know about you, but in my bank account, it just says PayPal, $99, PayPal, $9.99. You don't know what that is going towards. So maybe is that your gym membership? Is that your Spotify? Whatever. Mm -hmm. And it has nothing to delineate. So I simplified that by getting rid of the PayPal or putting it under one branch and just making everything super simple. So whatever I do has a specific charge to it. So I know what I'm spending my money on. I, if back in school, I probably would have taken a look at my automatic monthly charges, like my gym membership, for example, mm-hmm. other things that are just very automatic. I have a really bad habit of if my computer says it's running out of um, storage, which it often does, I just go click buy more buy more, buy more. And it it adds up little by little. So I would have definitely at least taken a look at my finances and printed out like a bank statement for the month and highlighted what are the things that like you can cut, right? And see where, how much money that adds up to the end of the month to be like, wow, that's like $450. Like that's something I could put in my savings or my emergency fund. I really wish I had an emergency fund going out of school. Like just taking like, they said, did you, you weren't saving, but you would recommend like starting savings. Yes. And even having like a talk with a financial advisor, I would highly recommend that. I wish I did that while in school, while in school, 100% because you get this money coming in and your mental, like the the mentality that goes with it is like, I have money to spend Mm. because you get that check. Right. And it's very automatic. goes right into your account. You're like, boom, done. And maybe, maybe you have more willpower than I do, but I definitely didn't. So I'd just be like, yeah, I can buy that and that and that and we're good. Or I can go to this seminar and this one next week and oh, whatever. It's like a $50, you know, hotel, whatever. All those do add up. And if you can view it in one page, it just makes it that much more easy to see everything, which is why I like Mint because I can just see everything. (laughs) And it, it helps me keep my credit cards in line too. Okay. So starting with a budget, mm-hmm. you start one, like get an app. So like mint is one of them. I know there's, there's, a few. One. Yeah. there's one that like Dave Ramsey recommends mm-hmm. that I don't know what it is, but, um, and then just start looking at a couple months of how you're spending really good advice on the PayPal thing, because yeah. I use Kirby's on me all the time about just it's stop using PayPal. It's so easy. They're like, so check out, check yep. out. Yeah. <laughs> Um, maybe PayPal could just like fix that shit so I could keep using it. But (laughs) so know where you're spending your money and just know how much, because like, honestly, even as a 33 year old, I don't know how much I spend a month on coffee. Kirby, Mm -hmm. 
but I don't. And like, just kind of, you know, I feel like either I would go, Oh, that's not that bad. Or I would go, that is ridiculous. But either way, knowing is kind of that first step. Well, the first step is having an app that's going to organize things for you. And then two is like looking at it, looking at the numbers and knowing, and it's just painful. It's hard work. That's the hard part is that I'm, I'm really bad with numbers. Like I, I'm dyslexic with numbers. I do not like thinking about math. So for me, it's always been a fear of mine. And I used to, I remember back in undergrad, I'd be afraid to check my bank account. Mm. It's like how I'm afraid to step on the scale. Yeah. Oh yeah. (laughs) But it's just like, I'm afraid to check it. I don't know how I feel about it. And I just finally was like, all right, suck it up. Get over that fear factor. Like it is your financials. This is, I want financial freedom, freedom. Basically. I don't want to be afraid. I don't want to be like, yeah, I can't go on this trip because I need to save money. I want to be able to say, yes, I can go on that girl's trip, you know, to Asheville and go have fun. And I don't have to worry about my money because I know that I've been smart about it and I can take care of it later. So I like that approach because I do feel like there is so often when it comes to budgeting and this works for some people's personality um, of like they need the rules. They need to know what am I allowed to do and what am I not allowed to do? And even if, you know, like knowing that you're allowed to, I mean, air quotes here, allowed to go on that trip can be really mentally helpful because so often when you're looking at the mountain of student loans where you're like, okay, I want to be debt free and I want to pay off $200,000 of debt. And you're like, nope, I guess I'm not going on a vacation for 20 years. Or if you do, you just feel so guilty about it. And it's like, no, mm-hmm. it, you just need to like save for it. And that way it kind of hopefully will take away some of that guilt when you do indulge on something because it was a planned indulgence. Exactly. And like, I would rather say, okay, no to that $60 Amazon purchase that I don't really need. And that money can go towards that vacation that I'm going to have memories for a lifetime for, Mm -hmm. you know, that's, and that's, I think I remember you talking about that in your student loans episode with specifically talking about the car and like the doctor's car concept. And I very much had that. I'm, I'm going to, at the end of 2020, I'm going to get a new car. I'm going to get a fancy new forerunner. Like I was all about that. And then I remember my, I ch- you changed my mind on that because I said, my car is perfectly fine. I have low mileage. It's, you know, a 2006, but it works really well and has no issues. So why do I need a car payment? Like mm-hmm. I, I would rather go on a vacation (laughs) (laughs) or make that car payment to your student loans. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh boy. Yes. Mine have been deferred until January. Everything's been deferred. So that was another thing. Hold up. We need to talk about that. Yes. Please talk to me. (laughs) So right now, so you're not making any payments on your student loans. So I haven't made any payments and that's something I wanted to ask you about because if I have the financial means to, should I be putting money towards it now because I have no interest? Yes. Okay. I'm not a financial advisor, but I can tell you that um, I have seen very, very smart people. I follow a lot of, I follow a lot of very smart people on Instagram and kind of what they're recommending is, is so none of your payment that you do now will touch principal until you get rid of the like amount of interest that you owe. So like when you log in, it'll, it might say like, yep, you have 
$6,000 of accrued interest. Yeah. <laughs> so until you get to $6,001, it won't actually go towards principal. Okay. But then after that, all, if you throw 20 bucks, that $60 Amazon thing, if instead you went like, no, instead I'm going to go make a $60 payment. Once you get below that accrued interest, 100% of that payment goes towards which is like at the stage you guys are in early on where you have so much interest it's really really it's a good idea it's a very good (laughs) I recommend doing that if I thank you I know that's something I wanted to ask you because they kept telling us they're like you don't have to do anything you don't have to pay student loans people yeah they're like of course that's what they're telling you oh my god they don't want you to I saw a meme oh it was so funny Um, it was like during back in the time when we were getting emails from like every, I would get an email from Panera Bread being like, he, during these times of COVID-19 and like, we're here to ensure, I'm like, why are you emailing me? So anyways, you remember, right? Like back in March, April, we just got an email, like multiple emails every day from American Express and Delta and everybody's letting me know what their COVID, I mean, our business sent out one or two to our patients. Here's what we're doing. We're here with you. Um, But I saw this meme that was like, I am hearing from Chipotle what their like COVID-19 plan is, but from my student loans after Trump announces like they're being heard, do I hear anything? Crickets. Crickets. (laughs) They're just like, shh, no, just don't make any payments. Right. And that's, that's something that I've been like working up towards. I'm like, I want to make a dent. And that's why your podcast was so important to me. I think I've listened to it probably three times. Like, <laughs> I think that's like, I probably listened to it more than you have actually. <laughs> you absolutely have. <laughs> but I, what did I say? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was your whole five year plan was very, um, like inspirational to me because that's something that I wanted to do. And COVID kind of pushed that back a little bit. And I said, all right, realistically, let's look at six or seven years here. Mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. But I have a whole lot of people that come at me and they say, why do you want to pay your loans off in five years? Why don't you just wait for 20 year forgiveness? And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, first of all, that's a huge weight on my like shoulders to deal with for 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what the governments are doing. And I just want to get it done. Like yep. pay my dues and be done with it. So that's why like, I've been trying to like I am in no means an expert when it comes to budgeting. I just have fallen in love with it in terms of the freedom, like the freedom that it's allowed me in terms of I can do what I want and plan for it. Like I moved literally last weekend and I was able to do that financially because I planned ahead and I've been planning for like two months for that. So that's something that I won't ever take for granted again. Now, I do check my budget every single day. I'm that person. It's like a game for me. (laughs) I think it's fun. I think that's how most people are the most successful at budgeting is they have, it's gamified. I've literally seen where um, people make like custom, like drawn board games and they like color in a square every time that they save a hundred dollars in their savings. And I was like, that would be, that would work for me. Um, which I should do that because right now we're building a building. So I'm just like, we're we're not saving anything. We're just hemorrhaging money. But once that building is done, I should really start saving again. Right. And for me, that whole game aspect has been really important because I've always been, as we talked about competitive and 
if I'm thinking about ways I can save money and make it into a game, that is just elevates it and mm -hmm. it makes it fun because numbers used to not be fun for me. And now this is a fun thing. And that's why I talked to my financial advisor um, about having a certain amount of money transferred out of my account every single month automatically into my Fidelity account and my investments. And I am like, I know minimal about investments. All I know is that I have $100 that goes from one account to another, and then it just it grows. I don't know how, it just grows. <laughs> Was that hard for you um, from a place of ego? Well, maybe not ego. Um, from more of a place of shame, I would say, not like setting up that first appointment with a financial advisor because I would feel so stupid and oh like God. I'm going to be wasting his time because I don't know anything. And like, he's going to be like, you don't have money. Why are you? So like, can you tell me a little bit, like, were you worried about that? And then I'm assuming since you really promote setting up an appointment with a financial advisor, it was not a bad experience. It was not a bad experience at all. He was, we did it via Zoom and he was super like, just we shared screens. He went through everything. He's like, show me. Your, I was super excited at the time to show him my budget. Cause I was like, I made a budget. I made a budget. I'm so excited. Look at me. Um, and you're such an Enneagram three. Like, do I get a gold star? Are you impressed with me? Did I do a good job? Yeah, I totally am. Um, and we were going over through everything and I was very nervous about it, but I remember he, he was a, he's a very like calm guy and he wanted to talk to me about investments a little bit more and give me more detail. And I was like, I don't know what a Roth IRA is. I don't know what any of this stuff is. And he's like, okay, this is what this is. This is what this is. And he categorized it for me. I think we were on the phone for like an hour and a half or something like that. And the other person that was intimidating was talking to, um, my tax accountant. Mm. I was terrified and maybe, since I have, I'm an associate, so I'm part of a business and then I have my own art business. Right. Taxes are kind of funny for me. And that was scary because I'm like, I don't have all the paperwork. I don't know what I'm doing. What's a business license? What are you doing? <laughs> I don't know everything. And the minute I realized that and said, it's okay, mm -hmm. everything opened up and I was able to just go, just let the experts guide you because mm -hmm. that's what they do. <laughs> like, well, and I think we think, that other people do know, mm. you know, there are some people, but very few people have graduated with a degree in finance. And even those that have a degree in finance, like some of them are like, Oh, I don't do that kind of finance. I do this kind of finance or, you know, with taxes is like, I think we think, well, you're an adult. So you probably understand taxes and I should be an adult because I'm my age, but I feel like an idiot. And I think that most people are just like, most accountants and financial advisors are like, honey, this is what I do. Yep. You know, we would never expect. I've literally sat down with medical doctors at an ROF. And like, I learned just after my first two that like, no, 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 no. Don't jump over anything. Start from the beginning, just like you would with any other patient. Now you can use fancier words like afferent and efferent. And I think they get it, but like, sometimes they're just like, Oh, okay. Like, and I'm like, all right, cool. This is, this is my zone. And you know, it's all building blocks. You know, it, that's something that I've learned. I feel like all through school is I didn't come from a science background. I came from an arts background 
And somewhere along there, there was a bit of a lack of building blocks. So biochem wasn't easy for me, like at all. <laughs> and I you kind of, I was like four points away from not being able to be a chiropractor. <laughs> I remember calculating. Chem was terrible for me too. How many times the night before I had to calculate what I needed to get. This is all in undergrad. I did much better in chiropractic school. All my patients who listen, I swear. Um, <laughs> but like in undergrad, I would the night before final be calculating what I need to get to get like a C in the class. And I would look at it and I'd be like, oh shit, I don't think I can do that. The amount of times I would sit with my roommate, Jaylene, and be like, I need a 97 to pass this physiology class. Like, I don't <laughs> bad. And, you know, it, but it's all about accepting that and learning. And we talk about this now, too, is like, I'm so excited about continuing education. I never thought I'd be excited about that, but I'm excited to continue to learn. And that's why I'm trying to be more open about money and financials, because minimal knowledge here, didn't learn this in school, did not take financial anything. Um, I wish they taught more financial classes in chiropractic school because it just, it goes right over my head. And if they made it into a more of like dynamic way, like gaming it really was a, the perfect solution for me. But I know not everyone's like that. So it, it just, bringing it all together, I wish that people were more open and accepting that there's still that fear of failure and you shouldn't be afraid to fail about money because we're all in the same boat. I don't know if it was Rachel or Brene or Tony Robbins or somebody, but they said, you're not, stop saying you're afraid of failing. You're afraid of failing in front of other people. Mm. And I was just like, Oh snap, you're so right. And like some people, it's like, yeah, I get it. Like I'm afraid of failing and not paying my mortgage. That would suck. But it'd be even more embarrassing to get kicked out of my house and for you know, like right, right. <laughs> so yeah, it all comes down to that shame and ego. Yeah, people perceive like you see some people on social media and they put that front forward of like, I am so confident, but they might not have it all together. You know, they go out to have these fancy dinners, but they're putting it on their Amex card. And you know that they're like, ooh, I get the points, but I don't know if I'm gonna pay this off next month. Like it, it just, it doesn't make any sense why we do that today. So I constantly talk about budgets. I talk about budgets with my patients. Like I think I talk more finances with anyone. It's, I know that sounds funny, but my 18 year old patients, I tell them, hey, you're going to college, maybe, instead of going into a, a big college right now, you should go to community college and do your AA in one year and you'll save so much money. And I'm sitting there just like preaching at them like, hey, hey, finances, hey. <laughs> and they kind of hear me. I know I can see it. They're like brains are like, huh, okay. And then the older ones, I talk about, you know, investments and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing, but you know, it's, you get these different perspectives and I just openly talk to them and say, I am not, I am not a, how do I phrase this? I am a successful doctor, but I'm not the success you think I am. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of slowly gaining more knowledge every day, which is great. Financially, it's a slower uphill battle, <laughs> mm -hmm. you know, but I think once people kind of realize that you're human too, and that you make mistakes and that's how I just approach it with everyone I talk to about it. And I'm always preaching. I think I was talking to my hairdresser about it the other day. <laughs> just 
she texted me. She's like, what was that app again? I'm like, Mint. <laughs> Mint, do it. Um, it's like me in the Enneagram, just walking around talking to people like, what's your Enneagram type? What? I don't know. And I'm like, I think you're a four. <laughs> so is the latte factor, that book, what kind of got you into all of this? I mean, besides being broke during COVID and have just starting or like being an associate with no income. Yeah. Um, I would say, so the latte factor, it reads like, I listened to it cause I was on a drive, but it reads like a story. So it follows okay. like, a girl and she's going through this journey of discovering basically like financial freedom. And they have like a main, they have her, the main character and they have like another character that helps guide her through it. And they talk about, I highly recommend the audiobook because the character voices are really great. And I think they're fantastic. Um, but David Box like really great with working with women specifically about building them up and creating financial, like just complete, um, stability basically. And I love it because it's a, I think it's a 25 or 26 year old woman in the story. And they, she, she's in New York and she's like, I need a better job to get a better paycheck so I can afford all the things. And basically mm -hmm. the book is talking about you actually need to look at your budget and say, what am I spending my money on day to day that prevents me from living this type of life? Because I am making enough money, but like there's this gap. So some financial people will make fun of it and say, oh, you know, the latte, you know, get rid of your latte every day and you save like $5. And that's not actually what it is. It's, it's talking about you have to find your own latte factor. So for me, it's not really the coffee. It's the fact that I love living alone. I have my own apartment and I pay for it. And that is my latte factor. That is what I choose to spend my money on. And I accept that and know that I have to take other places out of that and say, all right, we're not going to eat out at this fancy restaurant this you know, week or whatever. Mm -hmm. And that has made it very easy for me to go. I can still enjoy my life and I can still do all the things I want to do, but I just have to be mindful about what I'm doing. And it, it has kind of led me down this path of minimalism and saying, I don't need all this stuff. Like I don't need to have all the things and I can reuse and, or, you know, buy secondhand and stuff like that. Not saying having stuff is bad. I think it's no, but for you, like, I like what you're saying. I'm like, if I'm hearing you correctly and like what the latte factor is about is you can't have it all unless you make a ton of money. Like, sure, if you want to have it all and you want to have the fancy things and buy the stuff and all the stuff that you think makes you happy, Go for it. Um, you do need to make more money. Yes. But you can have all the things, you can likely have all the things that matter to you in some proportion mm -hmm. right now with your current budget. Right. That's That's basically what the book encompasses. And I like that he breaks it down in such a digestible manner for people like me who mm -hmm. I didn't know anything. That was my first financial book ever. And I did buy Dave Ramsey's book, but I think I need to buy the actual book because the audio version, I can't listen to it. So I tried. Um, narrating it? Yeah. <laughs> is, he yelly? is he very yelly in the... Uh, yeah. I tend to return books that are like super like almost aggressive through the, <laughs> through your earphones. You're like, ah, I'm good. Um, but I, I want to buy his, you can return an audiobook. 
Yes. Yes, you can. It, it's what? depends on the book. Yeah. If you don't like it, if you start listening to it on audible, you can return it, exchange it for a title and it gives you credit. No way. Well, I suppose, duh, audible can tell if you haven't read it. I, th- I yeah, I'm not sure how it works with that, but I usually, it I'll determine within the first chapter if I like the book or not. Um, but I've done that quite a few times. Another tip is like, I don't listen to audiobooks frequently enough to get one every single month. So I switch my membership to be like one every other month, which saves me like 15 bucks. And that like, that's like a small thing, a small example of, I don't use it. So why keep paying for it? It's like cable. Mm-hmm. I don't use cable. <laughs> Nobody uses cable anymore. Nobody uses cable anymore. <laughs> but it, that's kind of with books like that. I feel like it's important just to have different perspectives. So even I've read a couple other books where I'm like, ah, I don't really agree with it. Like, you know, I, I think it's great that you, you know, want to spend your money this way. Or some people are like, yeah, take all the student loan money and invest it. And I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that either. But it, it really opens your mind and in a different way. And I, every year I want to make it a goal just to read one good financial book and just kind of, I, I reread things over and over again. So just like I re-listen to things. I think I've listened I to the after like three times. <laughs> but you get new things out of it every yep. time. So. Yeah. So one of the things that I think would have helped me a lot in chiropractic school was I didn't have a job. So up until chiropractic school, I was a waitress and bartender. I was a really good waitress, by the way. Kirby would laugh and be like, oh God, how many times has she told me she was a good waitress? Because... <laughs> It will ruin our dining experiences because I'll just be like, where's our waitress? Do you know that you're actually supposed to check back within 60 seconds uh, or with, it's like within two bites of their meal? And yeah. So anyway, I highly criticize our waitresses. Um, but I was like, oh no, I don't want to have any job while I'm in chiropractic school. I just want to like focus. And I believe it really caused a disconnect between what is money? So even if I would have had a, a job at the coffee shop three hours a week, I would have gotten that paycheck that was like, you made $67. And I would have been like, that's it? Oh my God. And then when I went on my like target run, because I was avoiding studying and I spent 70 some dollars, I would have been like, okay, you, you know, but like, because there was no income for my work it was just like here's a check for six thousand dollars um for doing nothing except showing up and signing some papers it like you would just be like I would go to Target and I don't know how much I spent and like because there was just this huge disconnect so that is the biggest thing that I would have done differently in chiropractic school was have some minimal kind of income for work for like services done. Yeah, I did, um, before I started my art business, I did a student job. I worked the front desk at the reception for whatever. And I did that until my art business started taking off. And I'm really glad I have the art business. Um, Gave me an escape, if you will. And it also introduced me to a lot of the different quarters, like different students, because they kind of hear about me and they're like, oh, okay. Um, but I highly recommend a job. And I'd say this, if I didn't have the business now, I would be probably have gotten a job bartending or serving again, um, even as an associate, mm-hmm. because one, it makes you that extra income and you don't have to fully like rely 
on your associateship income. And two, you meet people, which again, living in a new town, really important to meet people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah a more authentic way, you know, like, yeah, exactly. You meet people and you're like, oh, this is just my side job. But a lot of times the ego gets in the way, right? It's like, oh, I can't. I can be a bartender on the weekends because that's, you know, people will think I'm not a successful doctor. Right. It's like, no, they'll go, you don't have kids and you just got out of school. Of course you want to make as much money. Like, I don't know. I would go like, good for you. Like way to hustle girl. If I was in school, I would have, and I didn't have my job. I would have gotten a bartending job at the local bar that I knew all the students go to. So you can still socialize with all of them there. And then you can have that experience if I went out on the weekends, if that's your thing. Um, but you're also, A, not having all those liquid calories, and B, you're making money. So it's like, sure, I'll do that. And I, that's 100% what I would have done. And I actually, I considered getting a coffee shop job moving to Charleston because I was like, I just want to meet people. And I feel like a coffee shop's just my type of people. So even if it was just on the weekends, I would have, I would have cleaned dishes. I don't know, like <laughs> anything. And to this day, I still think about it. I'm like, hmm, you know, maybe I will do that. Um, which is why I love that app though. Hmm? When coffee shops reopen. Well, actually we have coffee shops open, but everyone's masked up right now. So they're still, uh, it's Charleston is a lot more open than a lot of other places right now. Um, it's, it's weird. It, you go other places, you're like, oh, everything's closed, but here it's pretty open. Everything is open. Yeah. So when did Sandy Spines start? July 2017. And when did you go into chiropractic school? Um, October 2016. Okay, so, so you started it. Yeah, I started wow. it. Um, I started painting for some people because they... They saw some of my artwork that I was doing. I used to doodle. Okay. I would sit in the front of the class and I would doodle because that's how I study. That's how I listen is by doodling. Mm-hmm. And people were like, oh my gosh, you should sell those. And um, so starting that business, I was stupid because I <laughs> would literally charge myself $5 an hour to sell artwork. And I think this taught me a really important lesson about my worth as a doctor now because now when I have patients that I have spent more time with, um, and I do active release. So I spend a lot more time with people than just like five or 10 minutes. It's like 30 minutes. Um, and with that, I've learned, you know, my time is money. So with the artwork, I had to learn that as well and go, all right, you're going to spend this amount of time, which means you got to charge this amount. So, um, that started taking off and it was really nice because it started taking off with students. And, um, I, got gained a lot of traction and I would do sales and I always just wanted to help the students because those are the people that were going to have clinics opening in the next five years. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to be like, here's the artwork to put in your clinic. You know, I hope I'm the first piece in the the whole time. And then, um, I went to the, the Florida chiropractic association and that's where things started to blow up. So, which is pretty wild, um, for their like annual convention in Florida. Um, and then after that, it just, it's been a slow growth, but, uh, I've consistently been able to pull really good numbers and I'm hoping to keep growing for the rest of the year. And I actually hope to match my income with Sandy Spines that I do with my associateship. Wow. Good for you. 
Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, my goal for that spawned out of an experience I had at the FCA where a doctor came up and he grabbed like three stickers from my table and started walking away. And I said, that'll be $9, sir. And he came back and he like dropped the stickers on the table and he looks at me and he looks down at my banner and he's like, I have friends that are artists. They're all starving. And he walks away. And I just still remember that moment. And I was like, I will not be a starving artist. I might be a starving chiropractor, but I will not be a starving artist. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, that was, that was pretty rude. I was like, <laughs> okay, real life. How, me- how long did you spend coming up with like comebacks in your head that you, uh, I will, if I, I would just said this. I was fuming and I don't I don't hide emotion well on my face I have the worst poker face in the world so I think my face turned like beet red and I was just like are you kidding me and I but he had walked away too quickly for me to respond I was like actually and I'm like "Ah, ah, ah." yeah but it it, that was something that taught me a really good lesson and my like feminine energy like boiled up and I was like I'm gonna get revenge so my goal is like if I could match my income with my of my associateship, what I made as a doctor with my artwork that has no loan money, by the way. I just want to right. point that out there. No loan money. I learned all this on my own. And be able to match that would be kind of like a big F you to like <laughs> that guy out there. I don't know who he is, but I, I hope one day I can meet him again and be like, suck it. I don't know. <laughs> Sounds like you definitely need some therapy about the yeah. serving artist thing, but I don't think we have time for that today, but you definitely need some therapy. Just I'm glad. Welcome as a guest to She Slays the Day. I just like rip you apart. Like, mm-mm, that's very unhealthy. That's oh. very unhealthy motives in life. Yep, exactly. I'm trying to get through it. I try to work through it a little bit, but it's still there. So the goal, the fire is there, but you know, it, it's, it definitely came out of that situation. And I'm, I'm looking forward to growing my chiropractic business more and continuing to be, I just started getting uh, recommendations from uh, patients. Like I just started getting patients from other patients. And I'm like, this is the wildest thing in the world. Like it's such a compliment for somebody to be like, yeah, I was referred in by so-and-so. And I'm like, my God, my blood. Oh my gosh. <laughs> they like me. They yeah. really like me. <laughs> so okay. as your chiropractic business starts to make more money, more money than you have currently budgeted right now. What, what will you do with the increased income? Is the plan to shove everything over? So like, let's say you have a budget of like, I live on $800 a month. That's really low. Let's say a thousand dollars. Um, I don't know. I'm really bad. Have I told you that I don't do our own budget? Two thousand dollars a month. Is that a realistic budget? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I live, I suppose is your like loan payments is yeah. So I live on $2,000 a month. Let's say you start making $3,000 a month. Will is your plan to kind of like mix that into your entire budget where it's like, okay, so I'm going to spend it or put an extra hundred dollars toward saving. I'm going to put an extra hundred dollars toward my student loans. I'm going to put an extra hundred dollars towards my like clothing. Or are you going to go, nope, I'm going to keep living on 2000 and all $1,000 is going to go towards my student loan payment. The latter. Good girl. I was not. I mean, I wasn't going to tell you what to do, <laughs> but Kirby would have. 
I, I think the minimalist, I'm not a minimalist, but that lifestyle has really influenced me recently because I don't, I'm like, I don't need things. Like I, there are basic supplies that I need, you know, art stuff, what have you. My new apartment doesn't have any ceiling fans. I need a fan. Um, or artwork. We're just yeah. gonna call that out. Nobody can see except me that this artist oh. has I see three beige walls. There is not a plant. Oh, there's a plant. Okay, there's a plant. That's that's uh well, that's a little teeny little fiddly thing. Plant over there, and then I, there's more up here. There's like okay. crystals all over. There's stuff. I just I just moved this last weekend. I just haven't. Oh, that's right. All right, all right. Okay. You're gonna call me out on that too. <laughs> I was like, maybe I should make this pretty. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so I like where you're, I didn't even think about like what would be helpful in anybody who's looking to get into budgeting mm-hmm. to simultaneously fall in love with minimalism. Mm-hmm. Like if you can read a finance book and then like, so read the latte factor and then read a book on minimalism. Or there's a, a documentary called the minimalists. Um, actually Matt Diabella directed that and made that and it, it's really good. And it's You're not really about, into this guy. I'm really into it. I watch his videos. By the way, I pulled him up. He's, he's pretty good looking. He has a wife, mm-hmm. but you know, I, <laughs> you know, he kind of looks like my husband. He does kind of, he has that like boyish charm about him too. I don't know, but it's it, dark hair, nice jawline. All right. I'm into him. <laughs> anyway, he has a documentary. He has a documentary and he does a really good job filmmaking, which is, I'm all about the quality there. So, but if you're not into reading, maybe check out the documentary. There's tons of YouTube videos too, but, um, and he does a bunch of YouTube videos on minimalism, but it's not all about like living in a van kind of thing. Because for me, I spend the most money on my rent, but I, I, know that and I accept that because for me my home is really important you can't see that because I haven't decorated it yet but and then you don't have to spend money on like mirrors or <laughs> I mean I have all that stuff and all of my a lot of my stuff is secondhand. I have like all the same stuff from college I I had a very decorated apartment in grad school and everyone said that they're like where's your futon you got a glass table I'm like it was given to me by my grandmother I don't know <laughs> like things that you might have family that's growing older, maybe downsizing. And you can just say, Hey, like, you know, whatever you don't want, I'll take. And I've been able to cultivate that stuff. Um, and I've gotten rid of a lot of things too. And Facebook marketplace key. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. You know, kind of the last thing Hmm. that I think is really important to talk about. And I've gone on the soap note before. So soap note, (laughs) It's it's real. Just for anybody who thinks like, no, Soapbox, and it's hard because, all right, I want to preface this by saying I do not want to offend. I am not talking about anybody specific, um, but I have seen a trend in startup businesses or like associates who, again, like we kind of, you started to talk about it earlier of like they're spending all this money because they're trying, they're like want, they need the like, the rugs and they need the clinic to look so Instagrammable and perfect. And it's like, that's not what makes you a successful doc or a good doctor. It makes you a Instagram star um, or like really makes other people go like, man, I want that clinic. But like, 
You don't have to do that. And if that's what you need to do, then I hope you have like three roommates because again, for them, that might be their thing. They might be like, I need my clinic to be like my space. Fantastic. Hopefully you are eating ramen noodles and have three roommates. Um, so it's not really here to judge. I guess it comes back to what we were saying. It's not here to judge how you're spending your money, but it is here to say, spend it on the things that actually matter to you. And if you're doing something because you feel like, well, I need to have a nice car because other people will think I'm this if I don't. I need my first business. Oh my God. I had red carpeting. I remember. Yes, legit. I need to find pictures of this. My first clinic was like 700 and some square feet and had red carpeting. I remember after like three years of red carpeting, I paid to get new carpeting in. I saw 50 people that day and one person on the new carpeting day, okay? Like one person commented on the new carpeting. You know who it was? The landlord's wife. (laughs) Because I paid to improve her building. And it was just like, none of these people really cared. None of those patients really cared. Like don't practice out of a garage. Although I do think a garage could be turned very cool. You know, there've been a huge, I've seen with, with the pandemic and everything, I've seen a huge influx. A lot of my classmates and peers who graduated with me, um, after me, they've been doing a lot of, um, mobile chiropractic clinics. And I'm just saying like, you guys are killing it. Like it is amazing to watch how that grows. And, um, my roommate and best friend, Jaylene, she opened her clinic in the middle of the pandemic, like, which is insane. And she was just texting me pictures of her project that she picked up. She picked up this like, like distressed piece of wood and she's turning it into like a coffee bar stand and it looks amazing. And I'm just like, that's what you do. Like you, it takes time. She's mm-hmm. been open for a while. Like, like don't spend mm-hmm. all your money on things that people are not gonna pay attention to. Like I, I tell people this all the time. Like I really appreciate when people buy my artwork, but if you can't afford it, don't buy it. Like you can make it yourself. Maybe not like posters and stuff like that, but you could make your own artwork. Please don't copy me. But don't like screenshot her. She doesn't mean like steal it. <laughs> but like, I would love to do like a, even a how-to painting day and you guys can paint, like a paint your own spine thing. Like I would be so fun. And that's a- Do I get to drink wine during that? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. Yes. Back like in the like, you just killed it on those like that trend of like wine and painting. I bet everyone's just like, it's a panda bear. And it's like, my panda has wings. It was amazing. Everyone's like, who invited Sandy to this? Oh God. No. I mean, but it's fun because people are like, I don't have the design sense you do. And I'm like, YouTube and Pinterest. Like I'm telling you, there are free resources out there. I pay for YouTube Red because I'm fancy, but you know, it I ad free. But I think you can find so that in your budget? It is in my budget. <laughs> it's in my technology section. <laughs> There's like slight judgment. <laughs> no, I mean it it's just one of those things of like it doesn't have to be expensive to start up and it doesn't have to be expensive to live your life. And if you just kind of look at you say, well, what's important to me? And then you go, I want to travel. And that's, that's literally what I'm saving for, for 2021, fingers crossed, um, to have that money and just travel and take my weekends and enjoy myself. And 
because I'm an associate, so I don't have to worry about all that business stuff right now, which is great. <laughs> but I want to experience life, and I'm I'm 26, so it's time to, I'm 26, not married, and I don't have kids, so I'm ready to go out and travel, and that's what I want my money to go towards. So that's why I budget. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh, you rock. You're so fun. You rock, too. I can't wait till we get to meet in real life. Will you find me in your airplane? I guess. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Oh my God. Would you, would you want to do that? That'd be fun. <laughs> I would actually totally do that. That'd be so fun. Yeah, he probably wouldn't let me though. He'd be like, oh, it's dangerous. He could be with us. <laughs> Send him. Hang him outside the window. <laughs> right. Oh, I can make a reel. Yeah. I'll be like, hold on, Sandy. Can you actually do that looped thing again? I accidentally <laughs> deleted the video. Sorry. Okay, we just throw it up in the back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. All right. You have four Instagram accounts. Which one are you going to send people to to find you? Okay. Well, I, yes. Uh, the best way to find me and get in touch with me is Sandy Spines on Instagram or sandyspines.com. Um, or you can shoot me an email at sandyspines at gmail.com um, because my DMs get a little crazy. So that's the best way to contact me. Um, but I love reaching out to people and seeing everyone's offices that have my artwork in them. It means so much. So, And while you're checking out, make sure you use promo code uh, SHESLAYS because you'll save some money. You get 10% off and a sticker in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> oh well thank you for spending this time with me and um yeah go start uh, throwing some money at that principal payment I'm, I'm going to i'm literally gonna log in after this to check it out and start putting things in and put it, just put look at the in. numbers just look at it so <laughs> all right she's layers make sure check out sandy spine's artwork she's so talented and so fun to watch because she's also got she's got it you have to have enneagram seven in you also because that might be my wing. I think yeah. that's in there. Yeah, because it's like, oh, now she's flying an airplane. What is she doing? So she's fun to follow. That is for sure. So until next week, she slayers. Bye. Hey, she slayers. Are you looking to get your team off the phone and streamline your front desk so you can spend more time doing what you love? SCED has exactly what you're looking for. They will automate all your appointment reminders, missed appointment reminders, reactivation campaigns, allow you to have two-way texting with your patients. Plus, they have a very cool app that your patients are going to love. The app alone saves chiropractors tons of time because it gives patients the flexibility to move appointments to a time that works better for them. Don't worry, you won't lose control of your schedule because you'll have access to all the parameters that keep you still in control. Plus, there's overbook protection, so your schedule won't get out of hand. SCED was created by a chiropractor for chiropractors, so you can rest assured that you're getting the absolute best system for your office. Dr. Eric Kowalki is committed to the chiropractic mission, and he works closely with his developers to always be innovative so that we have the best system available. If you're hesitant to switch to SCED because you already use something else, let me tell you, it's worth every penny. Plus, mention that you heard about it on my podcast, and they'll give you a discount. Seriously, it is a game changer. Don't wait.